to see it. Fanbyte's movie review podcast. Every month, we pick a theme. And every week, we watch a movie. And then we would decide where it belongs in our delightful neighborhood video store. If it's got the magic girdle and therefore earns a spot in our esteemed staff picks shelf, if it isn't a great night, but it has enough guts to earn a place in our middle aisle, or if its head just has to come off and is therefore relegated to our dreaded dumpster where everyone is weirdly sick and just kind of falling apart. Working the counter today, we have yours truly, Danielle Talking Fox Riendo, and my fellow night traveler, Fernanda, giant lady with her tits out, but in a non-sexual way, Proches. How are you today, Fernanda? I'm doing great. And I gotta say, I feel like Talking Fox really applies to you. Like if I were to picture you as like a creature, an animal, like a talking fox would probably be it. And that's a very, very big compliment, by the way. Thank you. I really, you know, I've always identified with foxes. They're very small, but they're fierce. They're clever. They're they're real cute. You can do the whole silver fox thing because I'm going real gray. You know, I I, I love that. I'm going to take that as a massive compliment. I also can't relate to like a giant lady with her tits out. So it's like, I feel like we really picked um, nicknames that describe us accurately today. I'm proud of us. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm also really happy about your name because it's fucking fantastic. (laughs) (sighs) What a good thing to be. I I guess (laughs) speaking of good things to be and good months to be in, this month we are celebrating award season, you know, Oscar season, award season, by doing the millennial thing and being salty about it while simultaneously giving it the attention it needs to survive. So what we're doing is watching movies that feature performances from actors that were not properly acknowledged by the mother of all mainstream awards in a month we shall now refer to as Oscars? I don't know her. And this week's snubbed nominee, uh, and now you can pretend I am dramatically opening an envelope. That was my my envelope. My envelope. Yes, it was. It was really good. It was like... Very good. Very. I'm sorry. I, I was trying to like... Be cool about it, and I and I remember no, this. It was really good. I, I really <laughs> liked it, and like here it is, the Green Knight. This is the movie we're doing. Friends, brothers, and sisters, who can regale me and my queen with some myth? Oh, greatest of kings. Let one of your knights try to land a blow against me. Indulge me in this game. I will be thee. That is why a knight does what he does. Are you ready? Uh, And of course, as always, we like to begin with our first segment called Setting the Scene, where we introduce the movie at hand, and then we talk about our individual history with the cinematic masterpiece or disaster piece, uh, sometimes, in question. So here's my, uh, here's what I wrote. This is what I think The Green Knight is. The Green Knight is a sort of art film by way of medieval fantasy blockbuster. The tale of a playboy knight, or not quite a knight, but he's kind of like a knight. He's kind of like a squire, whatever. He's a semi-knight, a <laughs> demi-knight, whatever, who accepts a truly wild challenge from a 
tree man, uh, and then goes on an epic quest that may or may not make a ton of narrative sense, but it's, you know, it's all kind of semi-based on a medieval poem, so whatever. It's cool, just go with it. There are ghost ladies, talking foxies, bandits in the woods, a little tiny splash of gay, and a ton of magic. Plus, everything here is just ridiculously pretty. So, Fernanda, I want to talk to you about your history with and I'm going to call it A24 Arthur as a <laughs> semi-joke, but that's kind of what's going it's, on here. So, that's what it is. So, Fernanda, and I'm so excited to talk to you about this, but uh, what's your history with the Green Knight? I will need a minute to kind yeah. of... Um, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'll give our listeners a little glimpse of yeah, our process. Please. How A look at how the sausage is made here. <laughs> you love to see it. We yeah, we yeah, switch yeah. the way we pick the themes, right? The way we pick our movies. Uh, sometimes Danielle suggests, sometimes I suggest. This month we had three suggestions of our own, me, Paul, and Danielle. Paul, our uh, incredible producer. And we decided to put the last one to a vote. Before we did that, though, Paul kindly compiled a list of sort of current movies um, that could fit into the snubs category. And uh, among them was The Green Knights. And uh, we were in our Slack channel and you, Danielle, reacted to, oh, I'd really like to watch that. And, you know, I I didn't really know that much about what it was. I just read like fantasy medieval and I was like, I fucking hate this idea. This seems horrible. <laughs> so sorry. But you seemed excited. So I was like, you know what? Let's put it in the vote. That was me playing myself because this is not me being very generous. I was sure our audience was not going to go with the Green Knight. <laughs> I was like, yeah. let's make Danielle happy. But I'm, I trust our listeners to save me from a terrible fate here. And spoiler alert, uh, you did not, dear listeners. I'm so sorry. And you picked, and, and, and the minute the voting was open, right, the Green Knight just like, ran on ahead and I was like oh no oh no I made a huge mistake I played myself and that was before I knew The Green Knight was directed by David Lowry who also directed <laughs> a movie that I hate so profoundly so profoundly <laughs> called A Ghost Story I that was so I already hated Green Knight before knowing that after I knew that um yeah I was a little, little despondent. And also then yeah. I saw it was more than two hours long. So I was yep. like, this is going to be a test. But I love Dev Patel. I love Dev And I did say that in our Slack channel. Like, fantasy, not my thing. But uh, I will watch basically anything with uh, Dev Patel in it. Except the last uh, airbender, stylebender. I don't know what sure, the fuck. Sure. Stylebender is the fighter. He's the airbender. <laughs> oh, right. I was going to say, you love Izzy, right? Uh, we well, said is well, maybe not love. Recently, I mean, it's taken a turn. But yes, yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was the whole thing. I was like dreading watching this movie to a level. You have no idea. My husband even recorded it and put it on Instagram. Like how 10 seconds oh, in, I was no. like, I hate this. Um, I feel so bad, Ramana. <laughs> I feel so bad. No, no. It's a me oh. thing, Danielle. You should not blame I yourself. I know, but still. Having said all that, I... Again, it's a me thing. I acknowledge that I don't like medieval things. I don't like fantasy things. I don't like people talking in like old timey English, middle English. I don't know how it's called. I hate Game of Thrones. 
I hate sure. Lord sure. of the Rings. I sure. I'll go as far as like Drew Barrymore as Cinderella. Like that's my okay. limit to old timey. Okay. <laughs> sure. No, I got you. I got you. Yeah. As we discuss this movie, I want people to understand where I come from, which is a personal yes. preference, uh, yes. which I will try my best to set aside uh, and discuss this movie fairly, which honestly yes. the movie doesn't need, even though it's been really snubbed by the Oscars. Like I, I didn't even know it wasn't nominated for like anything, apparently. That's bizarre. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but um, so every, it's been very acclaimed and a lot of people got it and loved it. So the movie doesn't really need me to like it in order to thrive. <laughs> but yes, this... No, I know. Yeah. It's been a journey. I started it like really... Uh, I, I was expecting to hate it so much that I was actually expecting to like it a little bit, if that makes any sense. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. To have fun hating it. Ha yeah. Hating it. I did not. I did not enjoy a single second of this movie. But I still appreciate gotcha. uh, some aspects of it, which... I'm sure we'll we'll get into. So yeah, that was my long-winded way of saying that I was dreading uh I was dreading watching it and then as I watched it, I dreaded that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's so fair. And I had here's here's I guess maybe I'm distracted. Maybe I have other things like going on to the point where I'm just not picking up on obvious social cues. I had no idea. I had no idea I had like suggested something this painful for you <laughs> until like we were getting ready, you know, to, you know, you said something in, in our, in our channel, like specifically about it. And like, you either hit it well, or I am just not picking no, up. I, I literally things, just said but... it's fantasy is not my thing, but I love Dev Patel. So there was no right, way right. you could it have was... picked up on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know. And I'm so sorry. No, don't. Because um, this movie is not going to change anybody's mind about fantasy, <laughs> I don't think. Um, it never will. It never has any chance to. But yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad that there were at least maybe some things that weren't painful for you. But I'm so sorry. No, I just I didn't be. know. Don't be. It's on me. I didn't know. And I didn't say yeah. anything on the Discord either because I didn't want to sway the vote. Um, sure. So sure. again, I played myself here. <laughs> no, it's okay. And like very early on in You Love yeah. to See It's Tenure, we watched a movie that I abhorred and I hated for very personal reasons. Um, Which one? And like, I thought there were some things that were okay, but the fucking, I just don't like the Lonely Island comedy guys. And it was like a whole oh, thing. Okay. It was a whole thing. And like, <laughs> we got to a very real place on that podcast where I was yeah. like describing why. And it's fucking jealousy. It's all it is. <laughs> it's like these like very average looking dudes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what's his face is hot and everything, but like, whatever. These like very like whatever goofy comedy boys can like, be so popular and entertaining and everybody loves them and they get all the ladies and all sorts of stuff. And it's just disgusting jealousy. I am green. <laughs> I am green knight with envy for like these fucking dorks who can be dorks and like be so successful. And like, it's just jealousy. That's all it is. We went to a real place on that podcast. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not proud, but I guess I should be proud at least of like finding some honesty and truth in an experience yeah. I hated. So there we have it. Um, I actually want to go back say, and listen. I, like, I, I, I like it when you hate things. It's rare. <laughs> I it's rare that you will hate it. I fucking hated that movie. <laughs> I hated what it. What was the movie? So much. It's like their stupid movie about superstar, not a superstar. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's like where they pretend to be Connor for real, a superstar. 
and it's like semi like all a joke about stardom and okay. being a star and I hated it. Hate isn't a strong enough word for what I felt about that movie. I hated it so much. So I get I I get it. I get it and I like I understand. I also understand not liking fantasy because that's something I've come to appreciate on some level in my life, but it was never my favorite thing. I was a sci-fi girl. Mm-hmm. I grew up a sci-fi girl. Love horror, love sci-fi. I can take some fantasy, but it needs to be a kind of a kind of weird. And this yeah. movie was weird enough for me to like it. So I guess I'll go okay. into my history with the movie. Yes. Um, very recent. Uh, I had COVID in December and was sick. I was fine, you know, triple vaxxed and everything. So it was a mild case, but it sucked. You know, it's just not fun. Yeah. You know, it's just not fun. And Christmas Day was the first day that I could actually go see people. It was like mm-hmm. the first day of my not quarantine. So I, I packed up my dog. I got a rental car. I drove up to see my parents. Uh, you know, I had had plans to go see them, but like Christmas Day itself was the finally the day I was out of quarantine. And we watched this movie. <laughs> and like, oh, I, I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. I like a lot of what it's doing. Mm-hmm. I definitely felt like, oh, well, I'm going to need to read a bunch of things because I clearly missed some stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, just on my first watch. But uh, yeah, generally enjoy it, but definitely also watched it in a very, very, very recently post-COVID state where I was still like sniffling and coughing, but I had had the assurance of my doctor that there there was no way I could be contagious after 10 days. So yeah, (laughs) that's that's the intro. Now we're about to go into the stripping it down section, which is the part of the episode where we discuss details of the film, including specific aspects of plot and character uh, known as spoilers. So beware, right after these messages, we're going to stripping it down. Get ready for an ad. Okay, so now we're we're here in the stripping it down section. We've got spoilers. We're in it to win it. And Fernanda, you hated this movie so much. You hated every <laughs> second of it. I am, I am so interested in this. And like, I I under I already understand that like there's a lot of personal hate of like this, these are just not things that you enjoy, uh, which is fully fully fair. Um, I guess I should ask if there are things that were of any interest to you. Did any part of this grab you at, at any moment, basically? Uh, Barry Keegan? I don't know how to say his sure, name. Okay. Okay. I, sure, I just, sure, sure, sure. I love him so much. And he appears as the, like, thief person. Um, yeah. Early, kind of early on, like 20, 30, I don't know. I lost track of time. It felt like I aged 50 years watching this. Right, one, so right. You I, felt like King Arthur in this movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, by the way, Sean Harris, another uh, massive yeah. high point of it. I'm going to try not to be too shady or be an asshole about it, because, again, I understand uh, I understand a lot of the merits of the movie on a rational level. Uh, but I loved him on it. Like even his appearance was quick, but I don't know. I just love his presence so much. Um that it just kind of like immediately felt interesting for me to have him there. Um it's beautiful. It's a beautifully shot movie. Like there's really no 
denying that. And while we are focusing on performance of snub month here, and uh, I think our main focus is Dev Patel, but uh, who is spectacular on it. Um, Though Alicia Vikander is awesome too. Alicia, Alicia, I never know how to, I never know how to pronounce Alicia's. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) It's okay. And I think she's (laughs) Swedish, so it could be different. Uh, But yes. Right. Ex Machina, uh, psychopath, yes. uh, robot lady, <laughs> but she she's great in it yeah. too. The acting is amazing, um, but yeah, it's a beautiful and and we that's the focus. But like what I was getting at is like I don't to me the more the like the weirder thing is how it wasn't nominated in any like technical categories, like not even a right, cinematography right, right. little like thing. It's to me that's the strangest part of it because it's really just beautiful. Um, and I personally, again, and this is me, um, doing my favorite thing and talking about myself again, but this is very much (laughs) something that doesn't do it for me. I don't, it doesn't do it for me to just watch a movie that is beautifully shot. Like I need something else. Like if I need to just look at something beautiful, I will watch, like, I will look at a picture. I will like look at a freshly opened jar of crunchy peanut butter. Like that's, yes, Yes, I don't need yes. <laughs> I don't need two hours of beautiful things overlapping. Uh, but it is it is a beautiful movie. Um and and this is something that I kind of struggle with because it's me uh, I, it happens to me with a lot of movies that I don't really know how to feel about them until I read and watch things on it and kind of explore the concepts a little more and I don't know if that makes me a better or a worse movie watcher but in with this movie like I hated the experience of watching it I was incredibly yeah. bored I thought it dragged out forever uh but reading about it today and watching videos about it today and just kind of like understanding the movie and unpacking the movie, uh, it was much more enjoyable to me. And like, I was interested in that part of it. Uh, So, so there is, there is a lot to be, I think, uh, admired in the movie. And I was talking about a ghost story, right? A ghost story. I really just hate. I just straight up think it's not a great movie. I think it's super pretentious. I think it like poses as this highly intellectual movie. And I just, my whole thing with with the whole concept is kind of like, I feel like an actual profound and intelligent movie will make you wanna think about it, will inspire you to think about it. While a really pretentious movie, like a ghost story, is just screaming at your face. This yeah, is very yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah. I am very smart. Like, <laughs> I dare you to enjoy this very boring thing. I'm going to purposely yeah. make this experience horrible for you. But if you're really <laughs> smart, even though you hate every second of it, you will enjoy your pain. Because among all the things that are not happening, there is something happening. And it's like, no, there is not. The emperor is naked. The emperor is <laughs> naked, David Lowry. So that was my feeling. He's not even wearing a sheet, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so that was my experience with the ghost story in particular. And it is actually, I've never really had fights with my husband. I This was the closest we've had to a fight was a ghost sure. story. Because sure. after it was done, it was like, oh, but it's so, it, it poses this. I'm like, no, no, it's pretentious. It poses nothing. It poses nothing. It's like a, a 
it just wants to be smart and it's existential so bad and it's that it ends up being like lazy about it. Uh, yeah. But a Green Knight, I don't think that's the case. It's like, it's not my thing, but sure. I think that it does have layers and, 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 and that is like intellectually stimulating. It's not just pretending to be intellectually stimulating, if that makes any sense. So sure. yeah. Those are things that I can appreciate uh, on a very conscious uh, level about the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I I genuinely, I both like the movie and also really sympathize with you. <laughs> like, I genuinely, <laughs> this one for me could have gone either way. Yeah. Uh, like, genuinely could have gone either way. And the weirdness of it and mm-hmm. the surreality of it are what make it appealing to me. But if it was not weird, if it was not surreal, if it was a more literal movie and the same action kind of happened, you know what I mean? Like the same yeah. basic plot, the same kind of thing happened. If this were like a pretty straight, uh, you know, translation of the poem basically and didn't have Dev Patel, especially in this yes. role and didn't have this really beautiful cinematography, which you mentioned, but yeah, that's my highlight is just how beautiful this movie is. Mm-hmm. Um I, I guess even even with that beauty, it would have been too boring for me without the surreality. This is a weird, weird fucking movie. And that's what I like about it. And uh, Fernanda, you actually, you were awesome. And you gave us a really, really cool link today to, um, I, I want to call it Horror Acolytes is the YouTube channel that yeah. has like a pretty cool video on this that talks a lot about a few things I do want to mention later on, but also one of the things they do mention here is like the idea of the uncanny and how so many things are very mm-hmm. uncanny in this. There's a lot of like the use of doppelgangers, like various characters are played by the same person, even though they're different characters. And it's like a very Freudian, like psychosexual play that's kind of going on. And I, I'll be honest, I just like weird shit sometimes. <laughs> like it's just appealing to me on some level where it's not even just a visual level, but it's like a visual level and a textural level of like, mm-hmm. this is weird. I want to look at it. Like yeah. there's just something for me. So like in the same way that uh, the sort of fantasy trappings are a turnoff for you, which for me, again, it could go either way for me with fantasy. If something's weird enough, I might just watch it even if I don't find it the most compelling thing in the world, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, a lot of that job is done. I have to, I do have to sing the praises of the cinematography and also the set design. Mm-hmm. They used like wild matte paintings on this. And apparently that was very much like a very specific design decision. Also kind of hearkening back to the the days of like the eighties epics like this, like action epics set in medieval times, yeah. Excalibur and, and, you know, Lancelot and King Arthur and all this. Excalibur is the name of an actual movie. The other things I just said, I'm not sure if are actual movies. I've seen a few of them throughout the years, but it's not like a genre or a subgenre I'm like obsessed with by any means. Like medieval shit is not really my thing either. So mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a kind of take it or leave it like theme and visual style, but the way it's done in this movie is is weird enough to make me really, really, really into it. And yeah. there are scenes I really liked, or sections, I guess. It's not just scenes, but sections I really liked. Basically, the weirder it got, the more I liked it. Like, yeah. I, I loved that Talking Fox. I was all the in. Talking I was like, Fox yeah, was Talking Fox! Like, Truly it was highlight. good. Tree Man and, like, Waiting for the Tree Man, all about it. I, I liked some of the weird stuff that happened in the the Lord's manor with the bisexual Lord <laughs> and Essel's double. Like that was kind of fun for me. I sort of enjoyed the like 
play aspect of that of like oh this is almost just like your life but it's a remix like this yeah. whole movie is very dreamlike in that it's just sort of like a remix of your life in a weirder way yeah uh, so I, I dug a lot of that and I and I got into a lot of that but I will also say I don't think it's the most coherent movie it's it's absolutely <laughs> and, not it's absolutely and, not and, 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 and that's smart too right because it. Yeah, it, it makes yeah. people it invites people to find their own like symbolisms mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the movie right like yeah and it and it, it it does it does feel deliberate i i struggle yes, with yeah. sometimes with those things because i'm i and this again sure. me thing and that's why i tend to lean more mainstream in my tastes like sometimes when people do a lot of like oh this is so senseless that it makes sense things to me it feels like a sure. cop Oh, like you yeah. can do whatever like crazy thing that's in your mind and people are going to read into it and then you're going to sound so smart. Um, right, 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 right. Yes. But in this case, I do feel like there's there's a lot of like intelligent uh, openings left and it all feels yes. very deliberate. Um, for instance, the things I don't it has like these long long pans right long takes which is a very much uh uh, apparently a david lowry thing um which i personally dislike but uh i'd like to read something that was actually printed in the video essay you mentioned it's from actually the channel is acolytes of horror and the title of the video is the green knight uncanny the uncanny horror of masculinity which i'm sure we'll get into it also as an overarching uh theme of the movie but this uh this is a little explanation by David Laurie that I'm like, I can consciously appreciate this, even sure. though <laughs> my eyes hate it. Um, yeah. I love the way, uh, parenthesis, a long uneventful take can take on a dreaminess, can take on a dreaminess of its own because your mind wanders and your mind begins to impose its own ideas on these shots when they last that long. I love nothing mm. more than to have a shot that lasts so long. You sort of drift away from it and think about other things in your life. And you come back and the shot's still going on. And you've brought something of yourself to it. That's one of my favorite experiences in movie going. And one that I try to provide opportunities for in my own work. So it's like, okay, that's sure, interesting. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Fucking hate it. I'm never watching another movie by this man again. But like, good on you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a little a little note that I wanted to share with you, Danielle, because I wanted you to be Please. an arbiter of this. I told you that yeah. the, uh, that this uh, David Larry became a point of contention in in the Pratches yes. del Campo house in your house. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. <laughs> uh, we watched the ghost story together. Rodrigo liked it. I hated it. And then we watched the Green Knight. <laughs> he didn't watch half of it because he was doing other stuff. Um, sure. And then I mentioned I went to bed like fuming. I was angry. I was like, I'm so bored. I hated being this bored. This was very boring. Fuck David Lowry. Like, no, respect David Lowry. But like emotionally at that moment, I was hating him. And went to bed like fuming. Wake up. He woke up before me. I enter the living room. And what is my dear husband watching? Another David Lowry movie. The one about like the dragon or whatever. Now tell me this isn't a personal attack. I felt personally victimized by David Lowry today. What do you think? Oh, yeah, what what do you think, Danielle? Did did, yeah, did that not tough. see you? That's, that's definitely, that's really hard. That's a woof. I mean, I see where he's coming from, <laughs> especially if like you're you're involved in this again. It kind of made it, it brought it up for him. You know, he's kind of like, oh, I wanted to see that. I wanted yeah, to check it was, this out. It was his excuse. I, that I, he was I also get. I also get your first, like, your first 
images. You know, bleary-eyed, waking up out of bed. Your first images are coming from this man who has caused you so much pain. Exactly. Like, I really, you. you know, I get that. I do get that. Yeah. But he was like staring at me playing a tiny violin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's just like, look what I did. Like, was the dog also involved? Did the dog look at you sadly? Like, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, Murphy like was involved. Murphy was asleep. As my, <laughs> no, Murphy didn't want any part of this. Yeah. yeah. As like my soul uh, and my heart, yep. Uh, yep. My, Murphy was asleep throughout this whole situation. Yeah. He didn't want to. Yeah. He was like, you know what? I can't pick favorites here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but also, I, I get it. He represented me deeply. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> I forgot Extremely where I fair. was with this whole situation. Well, I, I wanted to. I wanted I to ask you a little bit about. Mm. I want to get into sort of the masculinity stuff for sure. Okay. But I first wanted to like kind of talk about some of the very obvious symbolism in the movie. We mm-hmm. have the sort of nature versus or paganism rather, like pagan nature worship versus. Uh, Christianity, which is like a very, very pointed kind of thing uh, in the movie. It is very much like the Green Knight representing kind of like the old world in some ways and Mm -hmm. the natural world and the green world, I suppose. And then Arthur bringing in his civilization and his his Christianity, but also he's very sick. He's sick and he's frail and he's all of these things. And that feels like a very... Yeah, like a pretty obvious one there. And then there's also the sort of like mother aspect to this. Yes. Um, because the mother is sort of implied to be Morgan Le Fay, if I'm remembering this correctly, that she is sort of like the witch who's Arthur's yeah. sister. I, all this shit with a lot of myths is like, it's pretty pliable, right? Who mm-hmm. is whose sister? Who is whose father? Who is whose whatever? I like a lot of... Greek mythology. I like reading like there's just, just fucking buck wild stories that people are like, <laughs> we're just making up shit. Like that's what it is, right? That's all any of this is. That's what yeah. filmmaking is. Yeah. That's what you know narrative style games are. It, it's what most art in the narrative sense is. Is like we're making shit up. And yes, we want to talk about something that's real in the world, but like you're still making shit up, right? That's yeah. at, at its base. And so when you're making a movie, which is you know Shay's or you know this era of humanity is technology applied to storytelling and you're applying it to stories from a much earlier era, there's always this like sort of fogginess and and slight wackiness, I think, to it. So this movie, I think, does an interesting job with that by Mm -hmm. like implying she is the creator of all of this stuff and that she is testing her son and or sort of making it out to be like, okay, killing him if he just sucks or one interpretation is that this is a test and that yeah. he lives through the end. And that, you know, it's like he passed the test by saying, you know, I, I'm better off dying so that I won't do a shitty job ruining the kingdom. Like, that's kind of yeah. one interpretation of the ending. So I kind of on board with that. I kind of, again, saying this isn't the most coherent movie, but I'm kind of on board with, like, having two relatively concrete interpretations, at least, of what happens at the end feels like pretty solid for me uh, yeah. I will say but I want to hear your take on some of that unless you just hated it and that's also okay <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, also fair like that's valid for Nada. if you just hated it that's also okay I uh, again this is such a tough one because I don't want to be that person like I just hate it no it's okay fuck all yeah. of this I hate it because uh, I didn't hate <laughs> it I hated the experience of it uh, but sure, I don't hate sure, it sure. and also I don't want to be that person who's just like very intellectually lazy so like shits on everything that takes like a f- no I actually, Nobody thinks that. <laughs> I actually mocked a friend on Twitter, on uh, Instagram. It was actually Ben Folks, a host of a great podcast called oh, The yeah, Cool yeah, Main yes. Event. Yes, 
he's upset. He loves the movie, apparently. And he was complaining about how it was snubbed. And I, like, replied, so, so boring. And he replied, <laughs> Fernanda, not every movie has to feature Van Damme uh, to, wow. be, to be worthy. And I said, well, there's, but every movie would benefit from the presence of Van Damme. I'm just saying, put Van Damme in this movie and I'm going to enjoy it. But I digress. <laughs> the thing is, like, that's, as Paul just said, factually true, objectively uh, true in this case, but, um, so like, I, I think there's a balance to be had there and it's what I'm trying to be fair in my analysis, but I actually like, I kind of, I struggled with this. And even in the video essay we've been discussing, I don't know. I don't think you got to the end of it. Uh, but I did made, not. I only actually saw about half of it. So uh, like, full disclosure, just working with part of the text there. Yeah, it's 44 <laughs> minutes long. We're going to have the sure. link. Uh, it's very interesting for those of you who want to watch it. But uh, yeah, it's it's a long, long essay. Uh, but uh, he kind of talks about sort of an alternative ending in his mind, sort of like he walks us through it and, and an ending in which he goes back and admits to um, essay, I don't know, Alicia Vikander, number one, um, that he was sure. wrong and kind of like <laughs> the whole thing. And that would have been much more satisfying, right? Like, oh, this was a lesson. He learned it. Uh, and he went back. But I think this, this sort of open-ended way that really has two interpretations. And I was reading on it, uh, you know, that's kind of what the text is. Because off with your head can mean... I'm decapitating you. So literally your head is off or go off like with your head, like go off, go on with yeah. your life. And this is like where your head with is like now. a better head. almost, yeah. Like a, a, a clearer head now that you've passed the test or something. A clearer, but much more disturbed head when you think about it. Like, right. Probably. Like, whether yeah. that was a vision of his future or just kind of like a projection or something that he suspected may uh, have happened. The little, the, the 15 minutes of like the dystopian future we get to see. Like, it's all right. pretty dire. He's confronted with some pretty... Like, this is a guy who thought like, oh, life is really as simple as like doing a great thing. And, like, being honorable and, like, slaying, like, treatment and shit. And then he's like, oh, so it's not about that at all. Hmm. So good luck living. With good good luck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> with that existential dread. So that's kind of why I like the ending kind of being left to interpretation. Because both endings are pretty dire when you think about it in their own ways. Like, one is more obviously dire like he went through all of this and then he just fucking died for and that was it right he asked is this what my life was and yeah it was that's pretty much what life is you live and you do things and then you die uh but also the perspective that he doesn't die and that you know he has to now contend with all these questions about what life really is um so it's interesting i like i actually like it and i liked sort of thinking about it. There are very few, yeah. there are very like different lenses, right? Which yeah. we can apply to it. Like you said, there's the nature sort of uh, angle. There is a sort of existential sort of nihilist. What is the meaning of life uh, angle? And there is, as we kind of touched on the gender angle and they're all interesting to explore. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say that's a perfect way to get kind of into this. So I had written in my notes, like just sort of without doing any, any further research, because so here's a fun spoiler about me and my approach to doing this podcast. I usually watch the movie and then I wait for you 
to write your notes and I look at your notes after I've already watched the movie and kind of written some things down. And then if I have time, which I don't always, but I try to make time to at least look up a few things, a few pieces that were written about it at a few reviews, a few things like that. Um, but often you will point me towards the best stuff. So, uh, you know, I basically I'm relying on you. Uh, here, <laughs> since I rely on you, Fernanda, for a lot of this podcast. I'm so honored. First of all, I'm admitting this. Second of all, thank you because you do such a great job. Oh, thank you. Um, I feel like a knight now. That- you are. See, you're a true knight. I'm just the squire Instead here. Of I'm like just a squire. Going yeah. around with like my sword and like wreaking havoc, I just write notes and watch videos uh, on the internet. It's much Fernanda, more comfortable. Fernanda, the pen is the pen is mightier. Clearly. Ooh. In this true, case, true. Fernanda's pen is mightier, <laughs> is what I'm saying, like, than anyone than anyone else. Um, but I, I had sort of come up with this, like, kind of half-baked little take on it after watching it of, like, is this movie about masculinity? And I kind of wrote something down about, like, so this is, like, a pretty standard, like, he's a spoiled rich boy. He's an entitled brat. And I, I wrote something, like, he's just, like, a shitty Reddit boy who <laughs> only, like, a shitty Reddit boy and a mama's boy who never does anything. He's never done anything. He's really behind on his, like, training as a knight or whatever. He's always like, oh, I have time, you know, whatever. Are you a knight yet? Hurry up. You know, there's a whole line about that. And I was kind of like, this is this is kind of a, you know, an indictment of toxic masculinity and like lad culture. Yeah. You know, we're like, these are all lads. Like these knights are lads who just go around killing people. And that's like kind of the idea with the battlefield and things like that. Um, and, you know, all that is, is just being a violent bore. And also <laughs> like, you're going to be a violent bore for part of your life. Then you're just going to be sick and sad the rest of your life. Like King Arthur is, who's like, he's like this passing away hurts. the whole movie. <laughs> He's just Arthur's passing away slowly. He hurts like it's My amazing. Hurts and it's just like he's a sad old man because now he can't just kill things. But he was a sad young man too because all yeah. his glory was just fucking killing things. And like that, it's especially relevant because it's in this high fantasy setting that lads. I'm not saying all lads. I guess this is more for nerdy lads. But like nerdy lads dream about being a fucking bad man with a sword who can go around and kill things and ride around on a horse. Yeah. Um. Like it's like a very like cop fantasy kind of thing, right? right? Just yes. in this fantasy setting, and there's literal monsters, and that all your problems are really simple. So all you got to do is fucking kill a monster. Like that's not easy, but it's a lot easier than dealing with the complexities of life, right? I want to just go fucking kill a monster, bro. I just want to do Elden Ring, you know, (laughs) not that Elden Ring is easy either. It's not, but, you know, I'm just saying. So that was my kind of half-ass take. And then you had found this wonderful video that actually dives into this and Mm -hmm. the performance of masculinity and the performance of, like, growing up and becoming a man, which is, again, it'll be in the show notes, but um, Acolytes of Horror, uh, really, really interesting uh, video essay that has some of that, but obviously a better researched and more thoughtful take, like a full essay, not just me being like, I'm kind of connecting some ideas <laughs> over here. I don't know how well they connect. Um, so yeah, sorry that I was so long-winded there, but that no. video essay was a wonderful thing and you found it, so you get credit for that. And I want to hear uh, some of your thoughts about the way that gender is such an important part of this movie and like masculinity is such an important theme here and like the futility of it potentially, maybe? Yeah. No, I immediately liked your take. I even wrote down under your note, like totally on board with it. And then today as I was digging... <laughs> Uh, I found the essay that kind of like crystallized some of those thoughts for me. But it, it, it is interesting because for instance, and this is something I noticed, right? He's there in the sort of yeah. King Arthur and uh, Guinevere. They're supposed to be like, oh, this is like the epitome of sort of like that 
kind of knight Leona, right? And King Arthur really yeah. is sort of that example. And this is something, um, again, go watch the essay, you guys, but that's kind of touched on, on there. That's King Arthur is supposed to be the, you're chasing all of this that Gerwin uh, is chasing, yeah, Adev yeah. Patel's character. You're chasing all of that um, in order to be an honorable man like, King Arthur. And then right. King Arthur is like falling apart. Everything hurts. <laughs> yeah. Him and Guinevere look fucking miserable. My first observation was like, guys, you need to step out in the sun because right. you look dead with those yeah. deep like pouches under their eyes. And the whole thing, like, uh, Gerwin accepts this stupid ass challenge. It's, it's terrible. Why would you? What's there to be gained by this? But he accepts it, right? Because he feels the need to prove himself uh, to King Arthur, who has just asked, like, sweetie, what are you doing with your life? And it was like, literally nothing. <laughs> There's like yeah. nothing to tell about my life. It's just, it's very boring. So there was that exchange kind of setting up to like, I need to do something great. So there is something I think that speaks to the sort of human pursuit of greatness, uh, sure. Which I've said again and again, it's futile, only leads to bad things, settle for mediocrity. <laughs> Girl, we had just like chilled, stayed banging like Alicia Vikander, who is really hot in both roles in very different ways and yep. just like died of scurvy at like 40. Like everybody else, things would have been much cooler for him. But I digress. Uh, so there is, I think, that sort of like deeper human idea of like oh i need to do something amazing with my life and he has that discussion with uh with again is it essay esser s i'm gonna be better this essay? is my resolution i'm gonna be better essay? about knowing <laughs> yeah. character names i will i will be better at but yeah so he has that conversation with her and he talks about being great and she asks, doesn't isn't being good enough like yeah. Right. So there's that. But there's also right. the gender element very strongly. Right. Because it's also a very masculine pursuit, as they point out in, in the video essay, the women, the characters of the women are really portrayed very strongly in the movie. And the way he yeah. deals with them is also a very big part of shaping this guy's character. Right. Like you yeah. see him, um, you know, the ghost lady. Oh my god, I don't know her name. Ghost Lady. Uh Lady of the Ah, uh, fuck. Decapitated Ghost Lady. We all know Decapitated who she is. Decapitated Ghost Lady. Yeah, she's Lady of the Sub she's Lady something. Yeah. She I was, don't know. She was trigger warning raped by yeah. a, another uh, by a knight, right? That's what she says, yeah. a knight like you. So she was raped and decapitated by a knight. So you have that very like strong example of uh male a toxic male behavior. Um, yeah. You know, the the fox's voice, is it his mom? It's a feminine voice, no? Or am I tripping? I think it's like a... It, it sounded, yeah. I'm not sure if it was her. I know she is in a couple of roles here as well, yeah. though. And but to me, it's coded yeah. as female, the, the fox's voice, but I could be wrong. Yes, 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 yes. And, uh, you know, in his dystopian future, he's a horrible person who mistreats this woman who was a prostitute, uh, which I didn't pick up on, but yeah, she's a, supposed to be a prostitute. He mistreats oh, yeah. her, and that's when shit goes really, like, that's when we really understand that his humanity is gone. 
So there is like that very, very, very strong uh, sort of it's not, it's not even that coded. And I actually wanted to quote just one line from the video essay that we've been discussing so heavily here because I feel like uh, it's so telling. It says it fits nicely with the movie, movie's motive of women knowing more about what makes a good man than most men, because when mm. men are bad, women are often the ones who suffer the most. So yeah, absolutely. I that's that's a reading that I really like and I feel like it's really interesting and it is a tale on the classic because when you talk about when you watch the classic like sort of spinnings of all these tales of knights and like bravery and grandiosity right there are all these men with with swords going on grandiose adventures and you know in right. pursuit of these abstract big concepts that we dare not challenge like honor right like how do you say it's a bad thing to pursue honor well how do you say it's a bad thing to pursue doing something great and then in this movie you have a sighting of okay but what does it all mean really what are the actual consequences of this kind of behavior and is it really dishonorable is it really this great like reading and 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 watching and, and and thinking about those things I was like oh that's actually very interesting and something I didn't I picked up on in a way but like the weakness of of uh growing and something I wanted to talk to you about because I feel like it yeah. really ties us back into why we're talking about this uh as a snub for Dev Patel um he's like he sucks man this guy oh, yeah. straight up fucking sucks he's weak he makes yeah. bad decisions. He like, he trusts everyone. And yeah. no one at like, what are you doing, my man? He's, yeah. he doesn't really, he doesn't really, he's not assertive. He's insecure. So he sucks. And at the same time, we love him in a way. Yep. Well, not love. That's a yep. strong word. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I found myself kind of like, why am I sympathizing with this? Like you said, this like Reddit rich boy. And I think it's because <laughs> this Reddit rich boy is Dev Patel. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like, it's a huge part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And like, there's parts of it that are sort of, at least for me, like they're in the classical sense, we're supposed to associate with weakness. But for me, it's more like, well, he has some indulgences. Mm -hmm. Yes, he likes sex. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people like sex. Good That's totally you. cool. He likes to drink. A lot of people like to drink. Totally cool. You know, it's like a, it's like these are seen at, to, to the knights as being yeah. vices and like, oh, he needs to be virtuous and chaste and blah, 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 and sober and all these things. And it's more like, Oh, that to me that makes him more relatable. That yeah. like, yeah, he's he's just trying to live a little bit of joy in his life, and like also I guess do his night training. But that's all off screen because yeah. it's sort of like, oh, are you a knight yet? Ah, I got time. He's apparently kind of training to be a knight. He's like an endless, sort of like an endless college kid or something. Yeah. He's just right. Like, no, I just want to stay where I'm comfortable and cozy, and then I guess I'll decapitate this guy because all the boys say I have to to be a man. But I didn't really want to decapitate him. But like, once we do it, <laughs> decapitating go Treeman with the boys, right? I gotta do it for the boys. <laughs> like the boys said, I gotta do it, so I gotta do it. Part of me sympathizes with that to an extent because everyone, I think, everyone, maybe not everyone, most people do things they don't actually want to do, but because they're supposedly the right thing to do or the, the yeah. right thing for you to do on your path of your mm -hmm. life. That all the people in authority over you have said this is a good thing to do and have like, you know, 
rewarded you for it and that kind of thing. It, so there's like a way in which this is very much about men specifically mm-hmm. and being a good man versus like being a shithead. And also <laughs> like, you, you know, saying there's there's a lot less of a line there than <laughs> than the classical sort of Arthurian legend would have you believe. Being a good yeah. man does not actually mean going and killing people. It, it probably means something else. Yeah. Um, and also... A, a more universal truth about sort of growing up and not knowing how to grow up. Yes. And if you're born very comfortable, which he is, <laughs> there are ways in which you just rely on your indulgences. And I guess this is also an, a, a slightly getting into nerdy lad territory, but like, perhaps this is a controversial statement, but you could make this movie about a person who is like obsessed with, you know, entertainment of some kind. Of course. You could make yeah. this about like, uh, a kid who never wants to stop playing a video game or a kid who never wants to stop whatever, reading graphic novels or a kid who never wants to stop like being obsessed with, I don't know, whatever, like a sitcom. It doesn't, I'm not trying to pass any kind of value judgment on any of those types of entertainment. More the idea that somebody who is obsessed with a type of entertainment to the exclusion of of anything else in their life or mm-hmm. something like that. Like kind of all this guy does is fucking drink, right? That's that's kind of it. He doesn't have his stories or whatever. And Aspirational. Like, his, his other aspirations <laughs> or whatever. And like, again, you want to fucking drink. That's totes cool, man. Like that's, that's all good. And like, I don't know. You're like, all going to die at 50 anyway. So it's like, exactly, like you said, they're all going to die of gangrene by the time they're 40. So like of it's, consumption you know, what or else? whatever. It was yeah. That so there's like a tension for me between <sighs> being like being sympathetic of his indulgences. Yeah. And then also being like, but also you do actually have to grow up if you're going to actually, you know, uh, lead a country <laughs> yeah. or do something or have responsibility, have a child, have any kind of responsibilities. You are going to need to grow up. I also am like, uh, know that it's okay for you to have indulgences. So like, again, this is me having attention between these two aspects of my own personality yeah. and my own judgment of, of, you know, the world and like yeah. the way I should be living my life, for example. And like, Oh, am I indulging too much? No, it's good for me to have some indulgences. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is too introspective, and no. I guess we're just going, you know, when you have a movie that is fairly open like this, maybe it's like a mirror, and That's you're what looking at your say. damn self. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're looking at ourselves right now uh, in, in the lens of this movie. <laughs> it's kind of like a Rorschach test, right? Like, I'm going to give you the blots, and then you... Yep your mind will like make the connections it needs to make. And I agree with you. Yeah. And that's, and that's the richness of the text for me. That yes. is none of this is going to be answered, right? Like there's no, yeah. this is not like telling you anything about how the meaning of what the meaning of life is, but it is speaking to that pursuit. And, uh, for like another, now I'm going to make a very wild, little parallel because um, I'm watching simultaneously the show about WeWork with a, oh inexplicably my God, yes. Jared Leto in the main role with makeup that makes him look lug- ugly, but not like the guy that he's supposed to look like. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah. And Jared Leto is not a tall man and Adam Newman was notori- notoriously very tall. But anyway, this is subject for a <laughs> bonus episode perhaps, but honestly, yeah. <laughs> uh, where I'm watching that one and the one about uh, Elizabeth Holmes simultaneously. Um, oh, wow. The dropout. Okay. And, yeah. you know, essentially to me, those stories are also about 
this idea of pursuit of greatness, right? These two very disgraced people uh, who became like hated and maligned um, for good reason. Uh, I'm not defending them. <laughs> I'm not yeah, justifying course, things. Yeah. I'm contextualizing uh, things. But it's also like from this idea that I feel like we have been taught uh, since forever, right? That our lives are not enough that living life is not enough, that we need to make something out of this, that we need to create something. That greatness, again, is something that we need to aspire to because, uh, you know, nobody wants to be mediocre. Nobody wants to be, to just be, right? Like that's so frowned upon. And I think we're going through a sort of cultural shift uh, in that sense. And maybe that's just me, again, like you sort of being way too introspective about it. Uh, I do feel like we're at a moment where we're sort of analyzing that and kind of, and of course, the, I feel like the pandemic really accelerate, accelerated this, but also, you know, sure. economic conditions and, and everything else. But I feel like we're at sort of this cultural inflection point that, you know, that we're all like kind of wondering, okay, do I need to be great? What is greatness? What is it mm-hmm. that that makes me a more valid person? Uh, when so much of this pursuit for being valid, so much of the pursuit for being seen ends up sometimes being so goddamn harmful. Again, it's a wild yeah. parallel. We're talking about wildly different, uh, you know, situations here. This is based on a poem from uh, forever ago. and, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> But, you know, I kind of feel like there's also a lot of that deep down, like, uh, you know, and why this movie happened now, why this particular interpretation of this particular piece was made a certain way that really touched a lot of people and really like was very zeitgeisty is because we're kind of like in that sort of existential point of just, you know, I think the question of the meaning of life has always been there, but right now it's really, the discussion has really taken on that frame of what does greatness and what does achievement really mean like we hate billionaires now we didn't hate billionaires like 20 years ago Uh, (laughs) right they were so aspirational like everybody wants to be a billionaire because it means that you've done great things you've achieved something that most people can't and now it's like why okay why yeah you did a thing most people didn't do or whether you're born with money and you just like built on it or you achieved it on your own it's kind of like how many people are having to suffer for this person to fulfill what they feel is like a grandiose destiny. And in the case of the Green Knight, it's kind of this, right? Like this individual feels like he his pursuit of greatness is so important. He, his, his journey is so big and amazing uh, that he kind of overlooks the destruction around him or in the case of this dystopian future that he causes destruction in that pursuit. So that to me is another like kind of interesting lens to, to, to apply to. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is, I've been watching Cleopatra lately because it's going off the Criterion channel uh, at the end of the month. And so I'm like, all right, I should dig into it. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the four hour and eight minute cut. It's the full one. It's the big one. Uh, So I'm only watching it like kind of in the background and or like while I'm grading or, you know, in in small chunks. Um, But it it also is very much, at least the first half of it is very much about, you know, the first half is basically about Caesar and the second half is basically about um, Mark Antony and the greatness of one and the other being obsessed with the greatness of the first, but also dude fucking got stabbed to death on the Senate steps. Like it's like very, <laughs> Oh, the greatest man who's ever lived, blah, blah, blah. And that's all they fucking talk about. And then my guy just got fucking stabbed 
a hundred times. Like it's, it didn't end well for him either. All his greatness <laughs> and what did he have? Like bleeding out on some steps. So it's like, yeah, uh, I'm very, I guess I'm very keyed into this idea of greatness and what yeah. makes a great man. And then also slightly more universal, what makes a great person. And also yeah. uh, completely with you about like, I think our generation has had a real, has had so many generational slaps in the face about like, Nothing about the American dream has ever been true. It's mm-hmm. never been true, but also we can't even buy houses yeah. when, you know, maybe middle-class people could in previous generations, mm-hmm. for example. And, like, even if you're fairly comfortably middle-class at this juncture, it's uh, pretty hard <laughs> to to do something like own a house uh, for mm-hmm. a lot of people in, like, our age, people are in their 30s. So there, there is a reckoning with that, for sure. And this feels in tune with that. And, of course... There is also this idea, and it is something also in the, in the video essay, but Dev Patel being almost a little old for the role, mm-hmm. and for that being a very deliberate choice of him being mm-hmm. like, this guy's clock in his is 30s. ticking, clock is like, ticking, clock's ticking, bro, <laughs> clock's ticking. Like you're not young anymore, you're not young, you're not a young man anymore. So clock's by your ticking. age, and, like, I had already started and, and ruined like three startups, my dude. Right, right. Like that's the. That's the implication a little bit, which is, again, also like a pretty awesome and conscious choice, I mm-hmm. think, uh, that that makes a lot of sense for this. Also, that he's so charming and awesome, yeah. of, course, of course, of course. I actually put a little bit on the notes uh, that David Lowry said, uh, spoke about the casting of Dev Patel to, to the gi- yeah. digital spy. Uh, I'd written a character who was relatively unlikable and didn't have much humor to him. And I knew that if I cast Dev, he would suddenly become an incredibly beguiling hero, even though he's not very heroic. Once I'd picture him on that horse in that landscape, I couldn't imagine anyone else playing the part. And that really speaks to to that, right? And I had put on my notes that I was like, before yesterday, before reading anything, I kind of do like a first draft of my notes and then I read and whatever mm. and go back and compliment it. But I had put like, oh, I, I was like wondering why I'm so sympathetic towards this guy. And by the way, I liked him early in the movie when he was just like a fuck up. Uh, it was when he started like chasing greatness. That's when he started really getting on my nerves. Uh, but I was like, why am I so sympathetic? Like, why am I really rooting for this like hero who's like oh i will search for your head but like what are you gonna give me in return to this recently trigger warning raped and murdered lady like what? Right, right, right. Uh, and it was and i and i wrote it down it's like i think it's just dev patel like that's his quality he has just a very he has very expressive eyes um i think that's just yes. one of his massive strengths and something i've noticed in sort of all of his roles uh but also he just seems yeah, he's just got that vibe, like that sort of personal magnetism and charisma that uh, you can't really put your finger on. And he really lent that to a role, to the role of somebody who on less capable hands could have been just straight up unlikable. I think he, he was just such a, such a, such a good choice. Yeah, I completely agree. What a snub. I would have loved to see this win for cinematography, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, even if not for anything else, Certainly a snub, I think, for the performance, as you're saying. Snub for Alicia, too. Uh, IMO. I think she's very good in this. And big, 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 big snub for Dev. And also a big snub on cinematography. This movie is really fucking beautiful. You did did mention, I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned it on your uh, little description, the little touch of gay. 
Uh, it's just a touch of gay. It's just a kiss. There's, there was an essay that I didn't click on talking about queerness in The Green Knight. Sure. Uh, sure didn't sure, click sure. on, didn't watch it. It might be an int- another interesting way to look at it. But there's that little moment between Joe Ledgerton, who, by the way, I am convinced looks exactly like Barry Keel- Keegan, but like older. <laughs> Uh, with yeah. Yeah, yeah, dark yeah. eyes. That's just Doppelganger effect. Doppelganger effect. Yeah, when yeah, he yeah. appeared, I was like, They're, I'd never seen them together in the same place. But uh, I digress. Uh, but there is a moment where, and, and that's the thing, right? Is he supposed to be actually like a human version of the Green Knight? Like what is Joel Edgerton, who, by the way, played uh, uh, Gerwin in uh, an Arthur movie, the Clive Owen one from 2004. Oh, right. Yes, 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 yes. That's um, true. Yeah. And there's a moment where there's a kiss between them. The little touch yeah. of gay. Uh, I, I was wondering what you thought about that, like the the moment. And, and I don't know. Did you, what do you think it kind of represented? I, I read some theories, but I'm kind of like, what is, yeah. what are we supposed to read into this? Well, there's the sort of top level where he talks about, I'll give you anything. Like, there's going to be an exchange between Mm -hmm. them. What's yours is mine kind of thing. And that, like, oh, sex is included in that. Like, my wife is included in that. And also me. Like, we're a swinging house. (laughs) And, uh, you know, but, like, you know, there's a sort of, like, obvious, (laughs) you know, good-looking couple. Look, you could do worse. Um, You don't have to go to that goddamn green night. You can go (laughs) hang out and be in the weird mirror-ass place and have sex with these two very hot people. You know, it sounds nice. Uh, But, yeah, there's the top level of, like, what's yours is mine, what's mine is yours. There's this exchange between them and that it's also a sexual exchange, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There's also, you could absolutely read this as, like, that's the real desire here is like a queer desire that all this other stuff is just sort of window dressing to impress everyone. But that like, there is like an inherent queerness going on here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that, uh, Gerwin is supposed to be gay. He seems mm-hmm. to be having a great time with Essel, <laughs> like a really good time. Like, uh, not, it does not feel like, Oh, I'm just yeah. performing through my, the motions my, here. Yeah, I'm not just going through the motions. I'm I'm really having a good time. So more of a bisexuality, I suppose, or a pansexuality, if that makes sense. But yeah. that, yeah, that there is, like, this inherent queerness to it. And that he, you could read it as, like, this is a queer kid trying to fit in yeah. and, like, do the expectations of a hetero dude. Like a big bro, burly man. You got to do all the things, man, to, <laughs> you know, to press the boys. I got to cut off the heads and fuck the girls. Like, that's what I got to do, man. Yeah. Um. I think you could read it that way. I think there's like evidence for it, but he does also like women. So it's, it's like a, it's not that he's gay. It's that he's pan or bi. <laughs> yeah. I was, I asked you cause I had no identities. idea. I was totally stumped. I was like, Hmm. Okay. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm just trying to like, <laughs> like a yeah. lot of the movie. I'm like, I sense there's something to be interpreted here. Not yes, exactly. <laughs> not exactly. Sure. <laughs> not sure if I know what, <laughs> but it is here somewhere. Uh, I'll do my best to to figure it out. But that's uh, kind of how I wanted your 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 thoughts on it. But I'm, I'm here for yeah. it. Joel yeah. Edgerton and Dev Patel, little smooch, love it. Honestly, it's a nice little smooch. I love it. It's a nice See, smooch. nice. It was like meaningful. It's like okay, you go. It's like oh hey, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Oh, hey, hey. Yeah, it was the opposite effect from like when he had his hand filled with cum from. Oh yeah, yeah. that was a that was that was disturbing. A lot of a lot. hell of a shot right there. 
Yeah. How can yep. the movie that? <laughs> uh, yeah. We've t- we talked about it in the uncanniness factor, and I think it's a big one here, right? Like it, it's supposed to be weird, but there are some shots yeah. that are just like, okay, okay, David. I don't know what you're playing at here, but you know what? <laughs> yeah. David, what are you doing, man? David? Uh, I don't know what. Excuse me, David? <laughs> I'm sure there are reasons. Why these choices were made. And you do you, David. You do you. You follow your way. I'll, I'll, I'll like applaud from afar. I want nothing to do with it. But I can appreciate yeah. it rationally. Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those moments in this movie. Way, way <laughs> wilder than the Talking Fox, IMO. Way wilder. Um, Talking Fox kind of comes out of nowhere, but I love it so much. It's just so good. It's such a good moment all right well are there any other points you'd like to uh discuss before we go uh to our our final section our shelf life section now just i feel like we've covered a lot of ground here we covered a lot of ground we went on a journey for real Uh, as a reminder like the links that we discussed here will be in the show notes so obviously give that a look uh if if they interest you and you'll see probably the little YouTube bar on the side. I saw at least like quite, a, I saw quite a few links like with people yeah. interpreting uh, the green Knight. So that's a testament to like the movie, honestly, that, you know, a lot of people are taking the time to kind of like read and interpret it. So if that's your thing, yeah. go for it. Uh, but no, I have nothing to add other than uh, another shout out to Sean Harris. Cause he's just amazing. So yes. good. So good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Rodrigo asked me to like express this because I feel like the real snubs in this movie were Sean Harris and Barry Keegan. Keegan. Sure. I don't know. Again, I will research the names, but but it's an (laughs) Irish name. Barry Keegan is an Irish name in my defense. It changes. Gotcha. 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 Like Shorja or whatever. I don't know. Right. Right. Or Shoban. Yeah. Shoban. Like, right. Like you just. Okay. But yes, that's. um, Yeah. I feel like that's the the wrap up here. Did not enjoy a single second of it. Still appreciate it. That's my takeaway. Right. Yeah. I'm very glad that you got something out of it, that at least our discussion was hopefully somewhat interesting for you. And I, uh, yeah. I, I don't like it when you're in pain for not. I just don't. <laughs> like, I, I uh, you know, I like what I like, but I, I don't want you to be in pain. I don't want you to hurt. You know, there's enough hurt in the world is what I'm saying. We've got enough pain. (laughs) Considering how much I talked today, because I went on rants, I feel like it was constructive pain, Danielle. Good. Constructive pain. So you don't have to feel bad at all. You you contributed to building my character here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I'll take that. I'll take that in stride. And I guess we will, uh, we'll then move on to shelf life. is the section of our podcast where we decide where this movie belongs in our video store. It's a bona fide staff pick displayed proudly, a middle aisle placement, which is still decent, or if the deuce needs the dumpster out back. Well, Fernanda, I I think I know where I lie Mm. with this one. I think I know where I stand with this one. I'm interested in hearing where you stand with it, considering that you 
disliked it so much, but you th- you got some kind of character building <laughs> out of a painful experience. So like, yeah, what, what are you thinking for this? I feel like sometimes I'm like muscle, like I need to be broken down to build. <laughs> need to absolutely yeah. wreck me with those Bulgarian split squats. Uh, you know, yeah, Bulgarians, holy shit. <laughs> yes, I love those. In order for me to grow. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually just... Honestly, I, I'm not as hot for it as a lot of people were, obviously, but I don't I don't hate it as much as I okay. hate I hate Ghost me story. watching it. Uh so <laughs> I, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> as much as I hate yeah. my brain uh watching it. So I'm gonna put it honestly like a middle aisle for me. Like I okay, could okay. I feel like it's a, it's uh it's valid and I have a hunch that like History will look kindly on this movie. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So, I, like, I don't want to be that person who's like, this movie sucks. And then 10 years from now, it's like, oh, remember when that idiot said this historic movie sucks? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a middle aisle for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really do like it. I really do like it. I have a real fondness for this movie. I forgot to say one thing. Yeah. And I'll say it here which is that this movie, it's not in any way the same thing or the same subject matter, but it sort of resides in the same place in my heart as something like Azardos, which people shit infinitely on that movie. And they say like it's Sean Connery's most embarrassing moment. I think it's like a fascinating art film that's actually very beautiful and beautifully okay. done and has a lot of interesting things to say genuinely about masculinity. That movie is fucking buck wild. I'm not going to say it's like perfect, but... Kind of the same place for me, like sort of a Buckwild art film with a budget, uh, a Buckwild art film with some aspirations and not all of it lands, but enough <laughs> of it does. And it's weird enough for me to really enjoy it. I, I'm i good with a middle aisle. I don't think it's like a favorite favorite of mine for me to make the argument for um, a staff picks. So I'm, I'm comfortable with it in the middle aisle, but I would recommend this to people uh, who enjoy surreality and Dev Patel. Um, and again, that don't feel actual pain watching <laughs> medieval stuff. Cause that's, that's a tough, yeah, it's not going to change anybody's mind about that. Not yeah. even a little. And, like, and who have gonna, the patience, right? Not for turn like, your head on that. Oh no. And yeah. who have the patience for like slow paced movies. Like, yes, this is not a yes. violent movie. It has violent and gory moments and, but yes. it's not an action movie. It's barely an adventure movie. It's very slow paced. It's very introspective. Like it's very, those long takes. Those that long pants. You think. So it's like, if, if you're expecting, you know, a dude going out, like, slaying shit with his sword. He gets, like, robbed by, like, a fucking thief in the first two minutes of his journey. So yeah. <laughs> that should tell you all you need to know about what to expect from yeah. this. Yeah, Garwin's <laughs> not a badass. Like, he's the anti-badass yeah. in every way. So uh. if you're if that's your kind of thing, and for a lot of people it is, again, this movie got so much praise. Like, I'm seeing yeah, a lot of so many people it. online. And, and it's very passionate, right? Like, it's not that, like, I like it. It's like, oh, this is one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. Uh, so if you're if you're into that kind of thing, like that movie is absolutely for you and it's not for me and that's okay because not everything has yeah. to be for me unfortunately but yeah that's the no, way the world works wouldn't it be nice it would be nice it will it be, would nice. be nice suggestion yeah. for the future of the planet do <laughs> things that I personally like I don't know I'll just <laughs> leave it out there yeah I'm, I'm good with that honestly I'm good with things being good for you yeah <laughs> I think you, that's Daniel. totally good of course 
Of course. Good well, for both of us. We have, uh, I guess, knighted the Green Knight with a middle aisle placement. Semi knighted? I don't know. Something. It's it's uh, it's not in any kind of shame, I suppose. Uh, so it is in the middle aisle, which is where many great movies are. Hey, mm-hmm. I think Nightcrawler, great movie. Not yep. a favorite. So it's in the middle aisle, but it's still great. Yeah. So, you know, it's not in bad company by any means. Uh, awesome. So, yes. Thank you all. I think that's what we have for this week. Thank you so much, Fernanda, for going through this with me. <laughs> I loved our discussion. I'm glad that you got something out of it. Um, and thank you. Just thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, thank you at home for listening. Thank you to our producer, Paul. Why is goodness not good enough to Mayo? Excellent name. Uh, for all the help in making this show not only not suck, but also kind of rule. I agree with that. We hope you come back to your friendly neighborhood video store next week. Uh, we would absolutely love to hear from you uh, if you want to continue that conversation. So head on over to fanbite.casa to join our Discord channel where you can chat with us and fellow listeners and sometimes even do things like vote on uh, what yes. movies we're watching. Which is Have the power cool. to torture me. How cool is that? Oh, yeah, apparently. It's like, <laughs> oh, there's, it's, it's, it's real so, power, so please wield it responsibly. Yeah. Have some responsibility, <laughs> you know. Have a sense of responsibility with that with that sword hand. I'm you know? okay. <laughs> I'm okay hand. with the people, Zanelle. As long as they vote. Go participate yeah. in our conversations and vote for stuff. Because yes. it's cool. And we it's love nice. your opinion. Thank you, and thank you all for doing that. So we have a new month coming up, and we have a brand new theme uh, that we came up with. It's called Spring Fling. We're going to watch movies with actors, or maybe characters, I'm open for interpretation, that we want to ask to a dance, or just that we have a huge crush on. Again, we're open to interpretation, but these are movies with people that we have a crush on. Uh, and I'm really into it. It's spring. Spring is sprung. <laughs> and we're going to be having a good time with our spring crushes. So uh, get ready for that. We're going to have a beautiful selection of four movies uh, that we will announce on our Discord. So again, fanbite.casa. Go to our Discord and you'll be able to uh, take a look at that. So if you like the work that we do and you want to show some support, you can do so by rating and reviewing our show on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify so we can hopefully get on some more listeners' radars because these VHS rewinders break all the time and they are not cheap, baby. Gotta support that. Uh, Special thanks uh, for the new reviews that we just recently got on Apple Podcasts. We really do appreciate it. And you can watch our streams on twitch.tv slash fanbite. Fernanda, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me on Twitter, though I have not been as active there lately. I'm on uh, I'm Nanda Prates underscore. That's N A N D A P R A T S underscore. But they can also find me on Instagram, where I am much more active. They can get even sneak peeks, quick reactions uh, of me to the movies we watch, such as the one posted yesterday of me absolutely hating everything about this movie before it even began. <laughs> and I'm there. <laughs> Also pictures of my dog and uh, memes about being sad, uh, which is kind of my thing. But you can find me there at Nanda Prates. That's the same. N-A-N-D-A-P-R-A-T-E-S without the underscore. Thank you so much. You can find our producer, Paul, at Polly Mayo on Twitter. You can find me at Danielle R.I. on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram, but uh, you can find that on my Twitter. I think it's all linked, so I think people can find it anywhere. And until next time, when we're starting up Spring Fling, you love to see it.